Well, this is wild. I have a clip for you of Maria Bartiromo continuing to push the conspiracy theory that there's some vast scheme going on to cover up Joe Biden's crimes that don't exist and to protect Hunter Biden. And it's legitimately hilarious watching her and the contributors she brought on distorting logic in a pretty brutal fashion to make that case because they're discussing the fact that Hunter Biden was just indicted for a second time, this time for tax evasion. And just to be super clear, because of all the right-wing conspiracy theories about Joe Biden, this has nothing to do with Joe Biden. It is Hunter Biden. And it was done by the very DOJ that Fox News tries to say is protecting Hunter Biden and going easy on him. And what you're going to hear in the clip that I'll play, Maria Bartiromo and the contributor, what they're trying to assert is that somehow there's this complex stunt going on, I guess, by the DOJ and by the left and the deep state um, to cover up Joe Biden's crimes by indicting Hunter Biden, but they're still protecting Hunter Biden by indicting him. It's very strange, which is also funny to hear at this particular moment coming from someone on Fox News, because we'll get to also in this segment, finally, a Fox News reporter admitting yeah, Republicans got nothing on Joe Biden. No evidence of corruption. Obviously, we know that, but Fox News doesn't seem to know it. So lots to get into in this segment. Before playing the clip from Maria Bartiromo's show, I do have to fill you in on lots of context in terms of the news that they'll be responding to. Here's this from CNN. Hunter Biden has been charged in connection with a long-running Justice Department investigation into his taxes. The second criminal case, the special counsel David Weiss has brought against President Joe Biden's son. The charges span nine counts, including failure to file and pay taxes, evasion of assessment, and false or fraudulent tax return. According to the special counsel's team, Hunter Biden engaged in a four-year scheme to not pay at least $1.4 million in taxes that he owed uh, from 2016 through 2019. Though Hunter Biden did eventually pay his taxes from 2018, prosecutors alleged that he included false business deductions in order to evade assessment of taxes to reduce the substantial tax liabilities he faced. The president's son, quote, spent millions of dollars on an extravagant lifestyle rather than paying his tax bills, according to the indictment, which states that between 2016 and October 15, 2020, the defendant spent this money on drugs, escorts and girlfriends, luxury hotels and rental properties, exotic cars, clothing and other items of a personal nature. In short, everything but his taxes. So look at that. Hunter Biden broke the law even Joe Biden's DOJ is prosecuting him for it. And obviously this spans over the period of time that both Hunter and Joe have pretty openly acknowledged was pretty rough for Hunter. He's lived a troubled life, struggled with drug addiction, all these different things. And if there were crimes along the way, hold him accountable for it. You see Republicans, how easy that can be? People on the left don't desperately and dishonestly defend someone just because their last name is Biden. Oh, how I wish you could do the same thing with people whose last names are Trump. And also lately, whether it be Democratic Senator Bob Menendez, the stuff that's going on with Mayor Eric Adams or Hunter Biden here. Law and order is what I say. It's really that simple. Do you guys remember when right-wingers used to say that phrase? I will note, though, it seems compared to other similar cases as it pertains to the Hunter Biden case, 
very contrary to the right-wing narrative, Hunter Biden is likely being treated more aggressively than you'd expect by the DOJ, again, compared to similar cases. That fact gets touched on in this report on Chris Hayes' show. Talk to you about some other legal news that we just got, which is that the president's son, Hunter Biden, who's already been charged, uh, who, who had charges uh, brought against him by a prosecutor in Delaware. It looked like they were going to come to a plea agreement. The judge in that rejected that plea months ago. We went back to square one. That, that U.S. attorney was elevated to be a special prosecutor who's now brought some felony charges against him for uh, a felony in possession of a gun. We got new news tonight that there are additional tax charges, three federal felony tax charges against Hunter Biden. These are coming out of a California district. I think that's probably where he was living at the time. Failure to file and pay taxes, evasion of assessment, false or fraudulent tax return, failure to file and pay taxes. Your thoughts on that? I think this has been somewhat of a debacle for the Justice Department and the special prosecution. It really looks like they're punishing him for their messy plea bargaining ability and the fail to res- failure to resolve it. With this kind of a tax charge, and we're not talking about hundreds of millions of dollars in evasion, the fact that he had already paid it back that usually will absolve the person of the criminal charges here. But these charges were not unexpected. The plea fell apart. So theoretically, everything that you were trying to resolve with the plea comes back. So it looks like Hunter Biden may be getting treated worse than someone who did the same things but didn't have the last name Biden. Maybe not. And regardless, I'm happy to see the law upheld. Uh, With that context in mind, you just saw a fact-based analysis on Chris Hayes' show of the situation. Here's the Fox News version. I know, but is it not true that the uh, IRS, the FBI, the DOJ knew all of this now for a long time? They've been sitting on this potential indictment. Why do they release it now, three days before Hunter Biden is expected to testify behind closed doors for even bigger crimes, and that is uh, influence peddling and money laundering and bribery? Does this now stop him, prevent him from testifying on Wednesday? And is this a further cover-up? I don't know the the reasons for the timing of the Department of Justice. Hopefully, we are actually in a position to provide more insight to the American people. It would be incredibly frustrating if this is a move by the DOJ to simply stonewall Congress trying to get the answers for the American right. people. At the end of the day, the American people deserve to know the answer about the business dealings of the Biden administration, but really it's whether or not the president was trading favors in the benefit of the family business dealings. They're arguing that... So need I say that was a bunch of nonsense. She says, Marie Bartiromo says that Hunter Biden's about to testify about, quote, even bigger crimes, end quote. No, he's about to testify in front of a ridiculous committee that has made a gazillion baseless accusations against Joe Biden. That's actually what's happening. And they've set up this perfect situation. You all know if you watch the show because I cover it extensively, but every single week, according to Republicans in the House and Fox News, there's some huge story about the Biden investigation. So then anytime anything happens, they say, oh, why was that time that way? Because it's very close to what was gonna be a bombshell in the investigation but you have a bombshell like every two days, according to you. Every time Trump has been indicted, people in right-wing media have said, that timing's suspicious because it happened right around when a big bombshell was revealed in the Biden investigation. I'll note that these bombshells are never actual bombshells. The last one 
for example, that they called a smoking gun was $4,000 Hunter paid to Joe to reimburse him for a truck that Joe helped buy when Hunter was low on money. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? But regardless, every time anything happens, it's a strategically timed ploy, according to them, to distract from the real bombshells James Comer has been revealing. It's rather ridiculous. You may have forgotten, as a crazy example of this, there were right-wingers saying the same thing about the Titan submersible, saying that the timing of this hmm, seems suspicious and maybe it's being used to distract from the Biden investigation. Everything isn't about Hunter Biden, okay, Republicans? That's my message to you today. Now, when I say Republicans don't have any evidence of all of these wild allegations they're throwing the way of Joe Biden, you might think, well, yeah, of course you'd say that, Luke, because you think Joe Biden's had a really effective presidency. Well, here is a Fox News reporter, Peter Ducey, admitting it. The House Oversight Committee has been at this for years, and they have so far not been able to provide any concrete evidence that Joe Biden personally profited from his son Hunter's overseas business, but they are going to try again with this impeachment inquiry that's set to start next week. Still, Peter, thanks very much indeed. See you again soon. That was a rare 19 seconds of Fox News that was actually completely accurate. Number one, Republicans haven't been able to find evidence. And the second part, they're damn sure going to keep trying to find something that doesn't exist. In the meantime, even while tons of Republicans and Fox News reporters now are admitting they don't have the evidence. Republicans will be running around just blatantly lying, saying Joe Biden was bribed and we've been able to prove it. It's rather deranged. The other thing I want to uh, play for you while we're on the subject of Hunter Biden is a moment from a recent podcast conversation, a rare public statement from Hunter Biden. And he actually accurately diagnoses what this Republican obsession with him is really about. Also take note of, as you're listening to this, how similar Hunter Biden's voice is to Joe Biden's voice when he was younger. Recognizing uh, your resentments and trying to let them go. That's the way that I do it. The way that I do it is number one, I recognize that none of this is, is necessarily about me. They are trying to, in, the, in, in their most uh, illegitimate way, but rational way, they're trying to destroy a presidency. And so it's not about me. In their most base way, what they're trying to do is they're trying to kill me, knowing that it will be a pain greater than my father could be able to handle. And so therefore, destroying a presidency in that way. And so I realized that that it's not about me. And then the second thing that I realize is that these people are just sad, very, very sick people that have most likely just faced traumas in their lives that they've decided that they are going to turn into an evil that they decide that they're gonna inflict on, on the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Republicans know that their way to hurting Joe Biden is by going after Hunter Biden. And Hunter Biden admittedly is an easy target because he does have that troubled past, but they'll do anything. Marjorie Greene showing revenge porn of Hunter on national TV, for example, to get to Joe Biden through Hunter Biden. It's pretty sick. And maybe one day, this is just a dream, but sometimes I think maybe one day Republicans will look back at all this and have some regret, realize, 
oh my goodness, Joe Biden was actually a really solid president. He got a bunch of stuff done, clearly wasn't corrupt. Otherwise, we would have found it. And we did everything we possibly could to ruin him. Was it really worth it? The answer is no. One other bonus clip here is the same Maria Bartiromo having to report on yet another incredible month of job growth. Crawl, you got to look at this report as a big positive. We've got more jobs created than expected. Joe Lavorn, you've been saying this for a long time, saying that the economy is a lot stronger than anybody understands. Your reaction? It takes a while. I, everything Steve said makes complete sense. Uh, the numbers are good numbers, uh, no question. The fact that the unemployment rate fell is good. It was because household employment was up over 700,000. Biden came into office in the middle of a crisis. Now we're here. Jobs numbers consistently good for I don't even know how many months and years. Unemployment low, inflation zero last month, an economic recovery better than all of the comparable economies post pandemic. Maybe one day someone will give them credit. And I'll now be joined by Josiah from the Pondering Politics YouTube channel for the fantastic rest of the show that we have in store for you. Well, Donald Trump was back in New York for his civil fraud trial, of course, relating to the Trump Organization's business fraud. And the judge, Judge Ingoron, has already found that to be the case. He's liable for the fraud that was engaged in. Now damages are being decided on. And Trump has this routine, Josiah, every time he shows up to court <laughs> in New York, and I'm sure this will apply to his other trials as well, where at break or before he goes in or at any chance that he can, he goes in front of all of the journalists and reporters and just starts ranting. And this time was no exception. Take a look. They said, the accounting fraud and the fraud was on behalf of the judge and the attorney general who took assets and made them numbers that were fraudulent. As an example, Mar-a-Lago, as an example, Doral in Miami, as an example, Forty Wall Street and others, where they cut the values to a level that nobody's even imagined. You take a look at Dural and look at the numbers that we're talking about for Dural. But the most obvious of all, because of the fact that people know it, is when you value a place like Mar-a-Lago at $18 million, when it's worth anywhere from 50 to 100 times that amount. It's interesting, Josiah, every single time he goes to court, it seems like he inflates <laughs> Mar-a-Lago. It's twice this three five. It's five point one hundred. Right. No, I just yeah. Every he seems to add like a zero or some sort of factor every time he's in front of the camera. I didn't watch this uh, the entire coverage of the trial, so for all I know, this is what he said in the morning, and it's a thousand times by the end of the day. I wouldn't be surprised if it elevates in a matter of six hours. So just to contextualize all this. We're watching the presumptive nominee. Trump's going to be most likely the nominee for the Republican Party, for president of the United States. And here's him next to me in court uh, in New York. And he's going to be looking like that a lot more over the course of the next few months in trial after trial. But coming up are his criminal trials in relation to two of them being him trying to overthrow our democratic process to keep him in the White House blocking the peaceful transfer of power, mishandling the most sensitive secrets of the United States government being one of them, and then his uh, falsifying business records 
with the <laughs> payment to a porn star in the party of family values. And that guy, four indictments, two impeachments, civilly liable rapists engaged in business fraud. That's the guy, Josiah, that they're going to go with. Well, you're missing, too. The recent Colorado court held that he was an insurrectionist as a matter of opinion. Like, not only that, January 6th was, by legal definition, an insurrection, but that Donald Trump himself was an insurrectionist. So he's basically, I mean, I'm trying to think of what crime by this point he's either not been credibly accused of or prosecuted for. He's like the Renaissance man when it comes to federal crimes. Truly. Next clip. I said this is a great company. One of the best, I think they said, the best company that they deal with. And this is what I have to go through, fraud from a fraudulent attorney general that valued a incredible club in Florida that's worth 50 to 100 times more than they put down. But they fraudulently valued it low. This woman should be under investigation for what she did. She's a disgrace. A pretty powerful response, Josiah. Oh, you're accusing me of fraud? You're guilty you're the of fraud. the fraud. You should be you're investigated. Yeah, that's exact. I mean, the thing you have to remember is that Donald Trump, you know, people people talk a lot about President Biden's age. And we tend to forget that Donald Trump is of comparable age. They're only three years separating these two men. And I think part of it is because Donald Trump is so petulant and childlike that we forget that he's a 77, almost 78-year-old man. And if you have any doubts, you need only look to those responses that he just gave. She just, it's a 10 to 100 times more valuable than what she, I'm the fraud, you're the fraud. I'm under investigation, you should be under investigation. All he does is just regurgitate whatever is thrown at him. It's a complete lack of creativity in terms of his excuses, in terms of his explanations. All he does is just take in information change the name and regurgitate it. So sad. And he's currently being prosecuted uh, for election interference. And that's the term he's decided to go with in terms of what Fonnie Willis is guilty of. It's all so ridiculous. Just one more clip to play for you. Into our country. This is what's happened to our country. We're a failing nation because of stuff like this. You heard things today that Nobody knew because I was a private company. I am a private company. We're a failing nation because the law is being upheld. I do want to make sure that we always bring these conversations about Trump back to the important thing to remember. He is a buffoon. This is ridiculous. He is incoherent, ranting. Um, but also, he could become, if we don't do everything that we can and vote against it, the next president. If people don't understand what we're about to go through right now about him and his intention, all the rage you're seeing from him here, all of the victimhood that he's expressing in terms of how his followers see him and how he sees himself, he wants to channel that into a retribution presidency if he gets the chance. And Josiah and I were talking before recording today about just recently what we're learning and being reminded about in terms of that very fact Josiah, do you want to break some of that down sure so and, and listen i'll say this i i think you know when we're talking about this particular trial it is easy 
if you look at it in a vacuum, you think, okay, a corrupt billionaire, uh, the state's coming down on him hard, rightly so, for committing fraud. But as you said, you can't compartmentalize Trump that way. He's certainly not going to compartmentalize his very hard feelings about the situation. He said, as we discussed in a previous clip, that he wants to investigate the attorney general of New York. She's the fraud. I'm the fraud. She's the fraud. He intends very much to get even in his mind. And we've had recent news to that effect. Trump has said on Truth Social that he wants to come down in particular on MSNBC because it's the most progressive mainstream news outlet, which tends to criticize him the most. Where's the MAGA pro free speech crowd there? They don't care. The government should, it, quote, come down hard, end quote, on MSNBC was his words. Absolutely. But as long as it's Trump's government, then the right wing and the Republicans don't care at all. You also have two close Trump allies, Steve Bannon and Cash Patel, who were both members of the Trump administration. And recent reporting has indicated that they may even have cabinet level positions in the next Trump administration. Steve Bannon said, listen, this is not rhetoric. When we say that we're coming after you guys, this is not rhetoric. And Cash Patel in the same interview said, yeah, whether criminally or civilly, we'll figure it out. But we're coming after you in the government, in the media, if you were part of the conspiracy to elect Joe Biden. And he's finding new and elaborate ways in a variety of mediums and settings to tell the American people just how much of a fascist he is. So when we watch these clips, yes, it is kind of funny because he's almost like a 30 Rock character or a Parks and Rec character or a Veep character. But he's also probably the most dangerous man alive. And that danger will manifest itself in the state coming down on his enemies if he wins the presidential election like you said luke he stands a pretty good chance of winning the presidency right now yeah and one thing just to add on to all of that josiah is can we not forget that he called for the termination of the constitution it's something that i've brought up to as i've shown the clips of on the show many many trump supporters and none of them even know that happened None of them know that, as you just talked about there, he said the government should come down hard on a media outlet that he doesn't like. Most of them have no idea about things like the fake elector scheme or what he wanted Mike Pence to do in blocking the certification of the election. So it's disheartening to know that, yes, we have to convince people to stop being okay with his behavior, but first we have to make sure people know. And so I've encouraged my followers to try to do that anytime you're having a political conversation oh my gosh the trump clip what did he mean it when he said he wants to be a dictator on day one or did he not bring it back to let's go through what he tried to do in 2020 and 2021 after he lost the presidential election because that was him showing us he doesn't respect our democracy or the rule of law he didn't care about the will of the people he wanted to disenfranchise millions of voters to keep himself the president as he's now being prosecuted for through these various schemes like the fake elector scheme that his followers don't even know about and so many liberals don't even know the specifics of and then that's what he did last time he was president now he's saying i want retribution i've already shown you i don't care about the rule of law i don't care about a democratic process i don't care about our institutions and he's joking about being a dictator on day one he's promising to lock up his political enemies. We're getting reporting that he plans to invoke the Insurrection Act to crush demonstrations against him. 
and install loyalists across the government so that he can do whatever he wants. There's no pushback and on and on it goes. Yeah. And so you, well, what's funny, I just wanted to say, you, you mentioned the point about, you know, pointing out to liberals, reminding liberals, reminding progressives, reminding those of us on the left, that is also a Herculean chore. You know, I consider myself um, as legitimately anti-Trump as a person can possibly be, Luke. And I have finite bandwidth. I have finite RAM up here, finite memory. If you hadn't mentioned the fact that Trump called for the suspension of the Constitution, it would not have immediately been recalled to mm. me, right? You know, you, that's what I'm saying. Like, you almost have to have like some sort of AI or some sort of ongoing interactive database to catalog in real time all the crazy, deranged, authoritarian things that Trump has said. And it doesn't help that the media for the longest time, including the mainstream media, who probably deep down don't want Trump elected, but for one reason or another, and we can speculate as to why, they don't treat it with the solemnity that it deserves. You need to take this seriously. You shouldn't take things for granted. The fact that Trump's an idiot, not like the Machiavellian schemers that we're so used to in pop culture, the, the great comic book villains or whatever, it doesn't matter. He is still dangerous. He has uh, quite a few cultists behind him. There, I mean, that is what much of MAGA is, where there is no limiting principle. There is no uh, accountability. He just said in the clip that you played that we are a failing nation, and you just you said it yourself. He thinks we're a failing nation, and so do his supporters, because he's being held accountable mm. for crimes. He's even said, Luke, in recent court cases, that he's entitled to absolute presidential immunity, even when he's no longer president, mm -hmm. for things that he said and did while he was president. It is the ultimate like legal ensconcement of this idea. You remember when he said, I could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and not lose a single vote? He's, he's tried to put pen to paper and litigate that. If I do a terrible thing as president, or if I say a, t a terrible thing as president, not only when I am president am I above the law, but when I'm no longer president, I am above the law because I did those things while I was president. Therefore, it doesn't count. I mean, it is just an ethos of unaccountability. With this Every thing. time I hear somebody say, and Trump says it a lot, they indicted a former president. You can't indict a former president. You can indict. Yes, you can. If there's evidence of crimes, I genuinely. And you should. And, and you, you should. should. If yeah. Part of the two-tier justice system that exists uh, and existed even more before now was the fact that powerful, influential people like Donald Trump wouldn't be held accountable even when there was evidence of crimes. Powerful people got away with things that people who weren't powerful didn't. Trump being held accountable legally is actually that finally not being the case, at least in his situation. And so they talk about this two-tier justice. It's the opposite of what they think that it is, or not the opposite, it's different. They think it's Democrat and Republican is powerful and not powerful. And it really is stunning that a party who at least tried to brand themselves as the only party that really stands for the Constitution, it really stands for the rule of law and law and order. The second their cult leader is the one being subjected to those things, or his interests are now violating those things they're like they're like not like that Ew, no gosh. we didn't mean that <laughs> yeah. right yeah. we meant yeah. for everybody else not for yeah trump and i think one of the reasons when people 
argue against his indictment. I rarely hear in right-wing media, here's the specifics of the indictment. Here's why it's not legitimate. Here's what they're saying they have in terms of evidence. Here's why I know they either don't have it or it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't justify this sort of uh, legal accountability is because I don't think they actually know exactly why these are illegitimate charges other than it's Trump. Yeah, they dismiss them. They dismiss them out of hand. I mean, and one thing that you and I have in common because we think it's useful and it's instructive is when we have conversations with right wingers and they they have an opinion on the treatment of Trump. It's always important to try to put the shoe on the other foot. Okay, so imagine it's Barack Obama saying, or Joe Biden saying, I'll be a dictator day one of term two. How would Fox News react? How would Trump supporters react? How would they react if you and I said, well, guys, Joe Biden was just joking? Would they say, oh, okay, fair enough? No, of course. They would say that is They called him Hitler because there were red lights in his speech. <laughs> red, yeah, and he had his fists like this. Yeah, right. I mean, it was just, it was the, the end of the world. Or how about in 2015 or 2016 when Barack Obama said, you know, I'm term locked, but if I did, if I was able to run for a third term, I think I'd win. Fox News clutched their pearls about that. Ben Shapiro wrote op-eds that Obama was a fascist at one of the State of the Union addresses. To me, it's, it's vital to point out the double standard and to get people to comment in real time. Because it's important to be like, listen, have you thought about the standard you're setting? And would you find it acceptable if the shoe were on the other foot? And we both know that if Trump had managed to get Hillary Clinton indicted or any of his political opponents during his first term, and it wasn't for lack of trying. We have reports that Trump did try to pressure uh, officials in his administration to go after Hillary Clinton and, and Obama and whatever. And he called on Bill Barr during the 2020 election to indict Joe Biden. If that happened, Trump supporters and Fox News anchors and right-wing commentators would be cheerful. They would be delighted. Oh, this yeah. is accountability. This is proof that you know no one is above the law. Good on Trump for doing it. But the second that Trump becomes a target, a legitimate target, of the law enforcement system, well, then it's just really inappropriate to go after a former leader. So I've been covering extensively, Josiah, I know you have been, to the Republican Party's impeachment nonsense and investigation into Joe Biden desperately trying to find something that they just can't find and acting like they found the thing. And then you realize that it's just a payment, a, a reimbursement from Hunter Biden to Joe Biden for something Joe Biden helped he Hunter paid, Biden. He paid Hunter purchase. Biden's allowance back in the, you know, when he was a third 80s. grader. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so Brian Kilmeade, the Fox News host, who's very on board with pushing the uh, propaganda on this this issue for the Republican Party. He said during a recent discussion with Harris Faulkner that Republicans trying to impeach Joe Biden would be a waste of time, a quote, waste of time, end quote, which is very strange considering, I'll show you a part of this discussion. Just imagine the whole few minutes before the part that I show you is just Brian Kilmeade perpetuating the very same Republican talking points about Joe Biden being guilty of all these different things based on evidence they just can't seem to find. So take a look at this and then Josiah and I will break it down. I, I have not asked anybody this and we gotta be really quick. How much time do you think Republicans have to make this case before you are really into the season next year of a presidential run? 
I think after the conventions, this is still coming up in August and June, September. I think it's good to, to impeach him. It's, it's not, it's going. ridiculous. Yeah, I just look into it, yes. Expose it, yes. Impeachment, waste of time. Got it. Brian Kilmeade, not a waste of time. We've simulcast on so many platforms right now. Happy to be with you. Now let me brag about your book. So, again, everything we've covered. Oh my gosh, they got the direct payments, money laundering, all my... Brian's on board with all of that. And then he says, expose the stuff, but don't impeach Biden. Something I've said before is, if all the things they were saying about Biden actually were true, then yes, impeach him. It's just, they're not. That's the problem. Yeah, so the, the whole thing's kind of strange, right? Because Brian Kilmeade has been perhaps not the most strident cheerleader of the Biden impeachment, but he's up there on the Fox Propaganda Network. There's no doubt about it. So for him to be like, I accept everything at face value that Republicans are alleging. Um, and you, you should definitely keep exploring it. Expose it, yes. But don't bother impeaching. Well, why? Why? I mean, it, the, the lack of explanation raises more questions than anything. Is it because deep down, Brian, you know they don't have the goods? Is it because you don't think they can make a persuasive case to the American people, even if they do have the good. So it's either you you take issue with the evidence, the claims, or the people delivering the evidence and the claims, or all the above. It's either a lack of confidence in James Comer and the Republicans, or in the case and the claims that they've made. And I don't think anybody who's paying attention will be fooled by this. I imagine even Fox viewers are going to be like, well, you did. It, why is it a waste of time? If everything you say is true, why is it a waste of time? Isn't that proving that somewhere you're being crazy either you're saying there's evidence but there's not or there is evidence but you're just opposed to accountability because if biden was leading the biden crime family as they say and he's been uh, enriched through money laundering through china through a truck and all this different stuff and get this this is pretty smart what biden did he loaned his brother money okay then got paid back for it with no interest which then makes him want to help China. Well, like, no, see, so Luke, you're, you're not being fair. Did I like, explain no, to yeah, you? It's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, last time we saw each other and I spotted you a dollar for a Coke and then you paid me a dollar back. I basically made two dollars because I had a dollar in my hand at one point, the dollar I gave to you, and then you gave me a dollar back. And that's just Republican math. <laughs> I want to remind you, you think we're uh, <laughs> going overboard in our mocking? Here's a clip of James Comer. You can loan people money. If they pay you back, then you, you benefited directly from the influence peddling scheme. Because it that's exactly what Josiah just said. I came out on top, $2. What? And then, Brian, kill me, he's eating it all up. But don't impeach. I saw, too, Ron DeSantis say something similar. I think that Biden's engaged in all this corruption, absolutely, but also Republicans should be focusing on real issues. So you're admitting it's not a real issue. Yeah, so there, there's no way to thread these needles. The thing is, you know, it, when people talk about, when even Democrats make the case that, you know, Republicans focusing on impeachment are not focused on things that matter. The only reason Democrats are saying that is because the Republicans have no evidence for their claims. If, as you said, you said in the beginning, the sitting president was indeed guilty of money laundering and compromising, 
you know, state power and state interest for a foreign adversary, Democrat or Republican, that is not only an impeachable offense, but that is something that Congress should be focused on. Congress should be focused on curtailing corrupt presidents. That is something that matters to the American people. That is something to be focused on. So when Ron DeSantis and others say don't focus on it, by just by sheer implication, unavoidable implication, there's yep. no other good faith way to interpret it. It's because you know they don't have the goods or you have no confidence whatsoever in their ability to make a persuasive case. It's one of the two or both. That's it. And they know, I get, I honestly think it's sort of a Nancy May sort of two-faced thing they're able to do where they can spend a bunch of time um, I wish I hadn't looked at my monitor when you just made that face, Josiah. They can spend a bunch of time perpetuating the lies to get people thinking, maybe there's something here, but then not go as far as to encourage Republicans to actually follow through on impeachment because they know that would actually alienate some American voters who are like, wait, what, what are they impeaching Joe Biden for? And kind of get the best of both worlds. But I'll remind you, in terms of the quote-unquote evidence, I think it's hard to even follow. All of a sudden, they're like, oh, maybe he's a master drug dealer, too, and uh, he is engaged in all these different crimes. But I think the claim is he was getting money to do policy things to benefit his son's company or just to do certain policy things. It's unclear. But as a reminder, here is Republican Congresswoman Lisa McClain just recently on Maria Bartiromo's show getting asked, which policies are you saying that Biden changed because he was getting bribed the bribe i'll make sure to note there's no evidence of any <laughs> bribe but if there's a bribe what would be the policy that he'd be changing and uh here was her response have you been able to identify any actual policy changes that joe biden made as a result of getting money from china the short answer is no. That's what we're trying to get to right now. That's why Jamie Comer, or Chairman Comer, is requesting those documents that the FBI knew he had had. So that's what some of them say. Then some of them say, oh, it's because he pushed for the firing of Victor Shokin. We've gone through that a million times. I don't want to have to go through it again. Josiah, do you want to remind people of that nonsense? Yes, yeah, so a long story short is there was a corrupt Ukrainian prosecutor during the Obama administration that the European community and the Obama State Department wanted to get rid of because the United States was heavily involved in funding Ukraine and, and, and helping Ukraine rebuild. They didn't want their chief law enforcement officer to be very corrupt. So eventually, President or then, excuse me, Vice President Joe Biden, along with the Obama State Department, pressured Ukraine. Uh, into firing Viktor Shokin, this corrupt Ukrainian prosecutor. And by the way, so did members of the Republican Party, like Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, who was part of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Republicans also backed Obama in this respect. Get this corrupt Ukrainian prosecutor out of here. But the reason that Republicans are now saying that, you know, Joe Biden was acting corruptly was his son, Hunter, was on the board of a Ukrainian energy company called Burisma. And Burisma, at one point, before Hunter Biden became employed by them, before they were under investigation by the Ukrainian uh, prosecutor general's office. So the, uh, the claim is that Hunter Biden was under investigation, even though it concerned a time period before he was employed there. So he's a time traveler. And Joe Biden intervened to protect his son, even though it was official Obama State Department policy. 
and they have no proof of it, but it doesn't matter. You just say a conspiracy theory and enough times and people will be persuaded. Then my favorite cherry on top of that story is the fact that then we learn because this is, it's been investigated now for how long that Burisma at the time at issue wanted Victor Shokin to stay in place. His lack of a commitment to actual justice because he was corrupt benefited them. So Joe Biden yeah. was bribed. You don't have evidence of a bribe to do something to benefit his son that didn't benefit his son. And like you said, it, the timeline's all strange and also didn't benefit his son's company. So as all of that crumbles down, they're left saying that it's proof of corruption that Joe Biden helped pay for a truck for Hunter Biden and then got paid back for it by Hunter Biden. Come on. No, the, the whole thing is wildly incoherent. And, it, and it's there's a political interest here, obviously, you know, that the the prevailing theory, and I think there's merit to it, is that. Republicans know Trump has been impeached twice. Um, he's under 91 or 92 federal charges. And he is competitive right now with the president in terms of polling. And so they want to keep that competitive as much as possible. Um, and so the idea is if you impeach Biden or if you you know accuse Biden of corruption and you keep saying it over and over and over again that by the time of the 2024 election – they can say to voters, okay, you think Trump is corrupt because of this, this, and this. Well, Biden, I mean, my, Biden's kind of corrupt too. So aren't these two basically equal with respect to corruption? I've so had vote people say to me that they, you know, saw my coverage, looked into it, tried to figure out, is there actually actual evidence? And then it, it seemed like there wasn't actual evidence. But surely, Luke, if there's this much discussion going on, Biden has to be sort of corrupt. There has to be something. That's the whole idea. I've said a bunch of times, they can't make Trump look less corrupt, but they can make Biden look more corrupt to try to even that comparison a little bit. And it's so enraging. Before we go on this segment, Josiah, do you want to plug your channel? Absolutely. You can find me at youtube.com slash at pondering politics, one word. Appreciate the collaboration, Luke.